Hi, welcome to Management Mumbles, our five minute roundup every week to talk about current news topics. So this week, we are going to be talking about the famous brain drain, uh, brain drain, brain gain, and what to do about understaffing. So it seems like we can't escape the recent conversations surrounding employment and the dreaded brain get, brain drain. Personally, I've been slightly offended that everyone keeps saying that all the best talent is leaving New Zealand because I'm quite proud of my career achievements. Thank you very much. But honestly, staffing at the moment isn't fun for anyone, especially managers. So firstly, we've had to deal with COVID, managing teams, remotely alongside trying to figure out how to balance life and work during abrupt lockdowns, sorry Auckland, and still delivering on targets. Well, alongside all of that, we've also had to continue to provide security to our workforce at the same time as knowing that our leadership had never navigated through a pandemic before and busloads, are being made, busloads of people are being made redundant every day. We now have to encourage our teams back to the office to promote socialization pick up on all the projects that we didn't do because we were battling a pandemic and try to hire new team members, which is nigh on impossible when Australia are, high, are paying 30% higher salaries than what we are here in New Zealand. It wouldn't be so hard if we had a steady stream of migrants just making their way into New Zealand, but with the borders only just opening and for vaccinated people, may I add, not unvaccinated people, um, and being the last country in the world to freak out over COVID, we are not really offering much to the overseas market right now. So basically the balance is off. People are leaving in droves and not many people are flying in right now. Business owners and managers are stressed beyond belief. And for many, their work is their livelihood. My husband, you may have seen his post if you follow both of us, um, is on the front line of all of this. And he speaks to businesses, um, business owners every single day. He sees them cry. He hears their frustrations. And while the media talks about employees demanding pay rises, it's easy to forget that the business owners are, have been pushed to the limit over the past two years. If they agree to these pay rises, then that reduces the amount that they can bring home for their families. And not all business owners are taking home six and seven figure sums. A good example of, of all of this was the recent crying CEO post where LinkedIn went mad over people making fun of him and showing the anger that he was making out that his employees were worse off than he was. And for those of us in management, we know how devastating redundancies are. It's not easy for people making the redundancies. And I know it's certainly not easy for people to receive them either. I've been on both sides of the coin. But we need to stop polarizing everything. One person's pain did not diminish the pain of another. And what Braden uh, Wallake actually said is that he is devastated, he's had to let people go. Um, that's a human thing. And I feel all the, all the craziness surrounding it was unnecessary, unnecessary for LinkedIn. You know, we should all be a bit ashamed of ourselves. So rather than adding to the frequently, uh, you know, the frequent media reports uh, moaning about the situation, I'm actually gonna offer some strategies on how we can manage an under-resourced team. So first things first, Understaffed teams cannot continue long term. Just because 
for a short term, they everyone in the team seems to be managing um, and hasn't burnt out yet. Doesn't mean they can keep going until we burn them out. It's untenable and will result in more people leaving and burning out. Now, when people burn out, people turn up to work or they send an email to say, I'm not coming in today, period, and I won't be coming in until I'm better. You get no notice. So I know that people keep thinking they can go and push their staff over and over again, but you can't. It's not, it's just not going to work. You know, and I know that as a manager, that this is a time where we get we get worried, right? We get worried about saying no. But this is the perfect time to start practicing that that beautiful word no and prioritizing. A lot of the time we can be afraid of pushing back, but in this situation, we need to start working smarter. Do all projects need to get off the ground right now? Surely some things can be pushed back a year. And before you say to me, but it's already been pushed back two years already. Yes, so what, what difference does another year make? And we've just got to start working smarter. And we've got to accept that we're human. We're not robots. The, the world of work has changed so much over the past two years. And for the better in a lot of aspects. So we just need to remember that we're not robots. We're better than that. So next one is meetings. So one of the biggest problems, I think, and I realized when I first became a manager, was that with meetings, you get yourself pulled into so many that you never actually get any of your work done. So you get to the end of the day and you think, gosh, I haven't barely sat at my desk. Facebook, Meta, whatever they want to call themselves, um, they used to do a no meeting Wednesdays. And the concept, I think, needs to be rolled out sort of globally here because you cannot get work done if your diary is full of back-to-back meetings. You just can't. I mean, otherwise, you're doing your work outside of working hours in the evenings, et cetera, et cetera doesn't work you're basically just working for free um so there's that or what i've also seen people do is people book block out half an hour say 30 minutes between meetings and then let's face it after a toilet break tea break bit of a scroll here and there answering a few messages on whatsapp and messenger you know you've lost that window and then you're back in another meeting so i really i really think that the ultimate idea is what Facebook said here. Like have a full day or even half a day where you can completely book out that time. Work from home if you can, because then that means that people don't come to your desk to go and ask you questions. Put your phone on silent, prioritize what you're doing rather than just meeting about it. And you'll all, otherwise you will always be spinning your heels, uh, spinning, you, spinning your wheels um, if you don't actually make time to get work done. And one of the big things I always found as well was that if you don't prioritize your time, no one else will. So you just set a really bad precedent if you just keep going and you keep going meetings and you keep saying yes to everything. You need to really just have a little bit more self-respect, I think, and actually put yourself first. So last one is quick wins. Are there any quick interventions you can make in the team? So do you really need three levels of approvals to get something done? No, usually not really. Um, can you delegate another member of the team to train up a new colleague? I mean, do you have to do it? Um, and if you are one of those micromanaging managers, do you need to be? Because you just make it worse for yourself and pretty much everyone else around you. No one likes a micromanager. So we do not need to be super people here. We're human. 
And spinning countless plates is stressful, tiring, and will ultimately lead to mistakes. It's just about how bad the mistakes are going to be. Um, so I really, really push on saying, take some time for you. Take some time for your team and know when to push back. I'm not saying that you have to say no to everything, but you do need to start thinking about, you know, maybe just saying no to a few things. Um, we all want to help our teams. We all want to help everyone in the business. We all want to move the business forward, but not when it comes at a cost of our own well-being. And even if you start hiring new people now, there's still that little window of time before they come into the business because you have notice periods, etc. And before they're up to speed in the organization. So there's quite a lot of training. Normally, it takes about six months to a year before somebody actually feels settled in an organization. So start thinking, how are how's your company currently navigating staffing issues? What's the lead time for the next six months, 12 months? How's it going? Um, and are you really feeling the pressure? Is now a really good time to start saying, with all these projects that are coming up, we might need to start looking at hiring people now because it's not like it was before. There is now a really, it does take quite a long time to hire good people in. And if you want to find the right people, then you need to wait a bit. So with that in mind, I am doing another podcast throwback. There will be new episodes coming, I promise. But here is a throwback back to when I spoke to Sarah Tuck at Coliberate. Uh, this is where we discuss our mental health in work and what we can do to help us in difficult times. So if you go onto LinkedIn and you actually read this, um, read this management mumble, you'll see a link there. Otherwise, have a look at anywhere where you usually get your podcasts, type in winning in work, Sarah Tuck, and you'll see the podcast episode there. And I take some time, I, you know, I hope you found all of this useful. And have a think, you know, what tools and techniques are you using in the workplace right now to get through this difficult time? Any advice you want to share with the rest of us? Um, feedback is always welcomed in the comments on LinkedIn, on social media, or you can always send me a message at nikki at winningandwork.com. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on, uh, uh, for coming on and listening to today's podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you next week.